0: Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the Senior Pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Are you ready for the word? Right, we have declared 2024 as the year where we are going to see the glory of The Lord, say it after me. I will see the glory of the Lord Lord. one more time. I will see see the glory of the Lord. You and I, we were not created for shame, we were not created for obscurity and insignificance. But you and I, we were created for His glory, in other words, we were created to display. The glory of God, the beauty, the splendor, and the majesty of our God. Hallelujah. Amen. To show the world how great, how powerful, and how faithful our God is. Amen. We were created in the image and the likeness of God. And our God, the Bible describes him as the God of glory. He's a glorious God. He's the King of glory. He's the Father of glory. He's the Lord of glory. Are we here, Bezalelah? And and we know that sin came and tempered with the glory of God that was in us. That's why the Bible says in Romans 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and they have fallen short of the glory of God. So when sin came, it left us falling short of the glory of God. Of God. But we are so grateful to God that he sent Jesus Christ to come and to die for our sins so that not only will we be saved or born again, but so that also the glory that we fell short of can be restored back into our lives. Are we together as a lot? And that's why today we can stand and declare that indeed the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. Are we here? And now we last week shared that... In this month of January, we'll be focusing on the theme, See the Glory. See the Glory. Before we can experience it, we need to see it. Amen. Which is a theme that has got to do with developing a vision for our glorious lives and our glorious destinies. Because there is a plan and a purpose that God has for each and every one of us, and He has called us to pursue it. Are we here, Bazael And of course, we started off on a subject titled, uh, What Do You See? What do you see? Which emphasized on the fact that it's important for us to develop or to have a vision. Because without one, we are going to perish. Now this morning, we are going to be sharing briefly on the message titled, Clear Vision. Clear vision. Tell your neighbor and say, fasten your seatbelt. Yes. We are about to go for a rough, rough ride. Yes. Tell them who's over rough. nje. Let's go to the book of Habakkuk, chapter number two, and verse number two. Habakkuk, chapter number two, and verse number two. If we were still using paper Bibles, many of us, I would say, if you don't know where that is, Um, but I'm sure you will find it somewhere. And I'm going to be reading this verse Uh, from a translation, Good News, Good News translation. It says, the Lord gave me this answer. Write Write down clearly. Write down clearly. Write down clearly. And it says on tablets... I don't know why. If you don't get it, forget about it. (laughs) Write down clearly on tablets what I reveal to you. In other words, what I am showing you. What I am going to show you. What I am going to open your eyes to see. What I am going to talk to you about. Write it down clearly so that it can be read at a glance, so that it can be read at a glance, or a glance, depending how much your school fees was. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you to talk to us this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen and amen. Well, we have already established, as I said, that it is important for us as the children of God, particularly if we want to see the glory of God displayed in and through our lives, it is important for us to have a vision, a vision for a glorious life and destiny. Because without one, without that vision, we are going to perish. We are going to lack discipline. We are going to be all over the place. We are going to lack focus. We are going to lack direction. We will be following anything and everything that is in front of us. So in other words, vision comes to bring Boundaries in our lives. It comes to help us have direction in life. To move in a particular direction. Are we here? And some of us, as maybe you are hearing me, and maybe you've heard this teaching before concerning a vision. And you are saying to me, but Mfundisi, I do have a vision for my life. I do have a vision for my life. As a matter of fact, I have many dreams and aspirations. And dreaming is good, Bazalwan. Dreams are valid. As a human being, it is very important for you to have a dream in your life. As a matter of fact, I'm sure you will agree with me that as you walk around, there are certain things that when you see, they excite your spirit. They cause you to dream, they cause you to develop a particular desire that now may one day I want to see myself living this kind of life. One day I would love to live in such a house. One day I would love to drive such a car. One day I would love to have such a, a family. I would like to get married. Dreams are valid. It's important for us to dream. But unfortunately. If we dream and we do not do anything about our dreams, as you are going to see in just a moment, those dreams remain simply a dream. And one day you are going to wake up and realize that it has all been a dream. The challenge with a dream is that a dream is very general. It is random. You can just be excited about having certain pictures in your head looking at certain things with the eyes of your heart and enjoying that, but not taking the necessary steps to position yourself so that those dreams, they become a reality in your life. This is the reason why it's important for us to have a vision because what a vision does is that it changes that dream and it packages it in a manner that can give you practical steps that you can pursue and follow so that that particular vision can become a reality in your life. And the major important thing, which leads me to a question that I'm going to ask you this morning, is that yes, maybe you do have a vision, but the biggest question is, is it written down? Is it written that is a question. So number one, you must have a vision. You must have at least something that you are looking at, something that you are focusing on, that you are going to be working on on a regular basis. Are we here, Bazalan? And so that you can have something to look forward to. But secondly, you must have a clear vision that is written down. Is it written down? Is it written down? Exodus 34 verse 27 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write these words. Write these words. For according to the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with you And with Israel. Whenever God speaks to you about your life, about your family, about your calling, it is important that you write it down. Once God begins to give you a vision concerning the kind of life that He wants you to live, concerning the kind of a family that you're supposed to raise or to build, It is important that you write it down. The words that God was speaking to Moses about, they were important to him. They were important to the covenant that he was going to have with the children of Israel. That's why God, not only did he speak to him about it, but he gives him an instruction. He says, write down these words because it is on the basis of these words that I am going to enter into a covenant with you and the children of Israel. So it's important that you don't just hear these words, but that you note them down. You write them down. In other words, you capture them so that you can give them attention. Because everything that God deems as important for him and his people, he himself He wrote it down. He wrote it down. And more so, he would also speak to his people and to alert them to write what he is saying down. Proverbs 3 verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Then it says, write them on the tablet of your heart. And we'll see in just a moment how do you do that. Write them down. And then it says on the tablet of your heart. But the important thing that I want to emphasize for now is that you have got to take note of what is being said by God. What is communicated to you and it is important. This is something that is going to help you in the future. It's almost like when you are going to ask advice from somebody. You have made an appointment to go and speak to somebody that you regard as someone who knows better than you. Don't just go there empty-handed. Go there with a notepad, with a pen. And as they speak over your life, you take note of what they are saying. You cannot be going to seek advice, for an example, concerning your marriage, which you deem as important. And you are going to sit in a counseling session and you are simply going to listen, but you are not noting what is being said. That's why many of us, after that session, we walk away and do the opposite, because we are not noting what is being said. The same concerning your future, your career. You went and you were asking questions, wanting to at least get some advice so that you can make a decision. But by the time you get home, you have forgotten about what was said. That's why God himself, whenever he was talking to his servants, he will from time to time tell them and challenge them. Write it down. Take note, in other words, of what I am saying. In other words, show me that you are taking what I am saying serious. This thing is like when we come to church of which we regard it as a place where we go and hear from God. Look at us. We go in and out. We don't write anything down. We don't take any notes, but we claim that we are hearing from God. In other words, we just come to pass time, to mark a register, but we walk out of this place. How was the service? It was just wonderful. Umoya bega hamba ham, Ute angas. What are the specifics? It is because we are not noting what is being said. Somehow, we just assume that we have a photographic memory and we are going to remember everything that was said. I'm going to be talking now for probably more than an hour. How will you remember everything? Even me as I am talking, what I am saying, I've written it down. Hee <laughs> Because as God was saying it to me and revealing it to me, I had to capture it accurately so that I can be a good steward of these things that God is saying. So yes, you have a vision. But the question is, is it written? Because if it is not written down, it means it was never important to you from the first place. Yes, you say you have a vision. Yes, you, ha- you say you have a vision for your life, for your family. But where is it? Why is it not written down? And why don't you have a vision, Vele? Because without one, you will perish. Because maybe you are listening to me, you are saying, but I don't need this vision. Why must I write it? Because I don't even need it. If you lack vision in your life, you are taking a big risk. Of just randomly living your life without a particular aim, without any particular direction. In other words, anywhere the wind blows, you are going to go. In other words, you are just going to pursue anything that comes. And your life will not become organized. Your life will just become you, it is this thing will just cause you to become like a vagabond. When post a bank, we are applying. We are applying.. It is because we fail to take time, and we as the children of God, we as believers, we have an advantage of having a relationship with the person who created us, not just created us, but he created us for a plan and a purpose. When God created us, he had a purpose in mind. There was a reason why God allowed us to be alive. That's why he said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And he said, I ordained you as a prophet. The Bible says, we were fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, God created us with purpose in mind. He wanted us to come here on earth To fulfill this purpose. That's why when we develop a relationship with him, he gives us his Holy Spirit. Why? So that the Holy Spirit can reveal these plans that God has for us. He can reveal the purpose. And out of that, we can develop or write down a vision that you and I are supposed to focus on. When you don't write it down, it means it's not important. When we attend meetings, I'm sure you'll agree with me, we write down minutes. Why? Because what we are discussing is important. And we will have to capture it so that when tomorrow we deviate from the resolutions of the meeting, we can go back to what we wrote down and remind ourselves of what we agreed on. And if minutes of the meetings are important, Surely the minutes of the meetings concerning your life are as important. We better write them down. Because we don't want to forget what was said. We want to have a point of reference to remind ourselves of what we have agreed on. Revelations 19 verse 9. Then he said to me, write, write. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. These are the true sayings of God. What God was saying to John was true. And he instructed him to write it down. He said, what I am saying is serious. It is true. Concerning the events that are to come, write it down. Write it not only for him, but even for those who are going to read those words. In chapter 21, verse 5, then he, was, he, he, then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Let me say it once again, Bazalon. If it is not written down, it was never important to you from the first place. So you can say to me, you have a vision. Prove it by showing me where it is written. Can you even remember the piece of paper you wrote it on? If you can keep your gun in a safe, surely you need to keep your vision in a safe place. Because it is there to control your life, to guide your life to structure your life. If you have put your money securely in your bank account and you even have a pin code for it, where is your vision? He said to Habakkuk, write it down clearly so that it can be read at a glance. Remember what I said earlier in the book of Proverbs, that he said, these words that I'm speaking, write them on the tablets of your heart. It is because everything that God reveals to you and you write it down, he will write it on your heart. It is God who has access to your heart, but his finger will only move when your finger moves on that piece of paper. When you type on your phone, this is what I am hearing, God. God begins to write it in your heart. And once it is engraved in your heart, it will give you sleepless nights. It will determine your appetite. It will determine your movements, your decisions, because it is engraved on the tablets of your heart. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 3, clearly you are, the, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by Us, written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is of the heart. So God has access to write things down, but he first looks at our attitude when he speaks, when he reveals. As I am preaching to you, what is it that God is saying? All that we know, Basilione, as the body of Christ and all that I have seen over the years, it is to abuse and to misuse, to misuse, it does, says the Lord. And yet you go to pursue nothing. As a matter of fact, you don't even remember what God said to you when you claimed that he said this cut circle spelling. We have used as something you know, that is here to frustrate our lives. It it is never here to shape us so that our lives can be orderly structured and be positioned for success and prosperity. We become strange and weird as if our God is confused. When two years ago you came here, you said God sent you here and he said this is a place where he's going to raise you up, he's going to uh, do this and whatever the case may be And, and three years down the line God has changed his mind. Who is confused between you and God? Because if you wrote it down, you were going to remember when you were going to remember that the first time I came here, this is what God said. And the Bible says he is God. He changes not. The same yesterday, today, and forever. We are the ones who are confused. God is not. The Bible says he's not the author of confusion, but he's the God of order and excellence. Are we here, Bazalan? Yes. We are Christians who have the advantage of the Holy Spirit, the advantage of the anointing, the advantage of the wisdom of God, the advantage of the grace of God, but sometimes the way that we behave It's like now as I'm preaching, somebody can take this, what I'm saying, and use it to bring more chaos in their lives. You see, as you were preaching, you know, a vision because Christians are good to take what you are preaching just to make what what they're trying to do sound spiritual. God gave me a vision concerning... Let me not go there. Not only are we supposed to write it down, but we, it must be written down clearly. It must be clear. It must be clear. Look, when God speaks, do not rush to assume that you know what he is saying. Amen. That's why David puts it this way. Once you have spoken, but twice I have heard you. So before you rush, have you heard it? And I'm not talking in terms of just numbers. But did you hear it even at a higher level? Did you hear it with your spiritual ears? So it must be clearly written down like we have read also in the book of Habakkuk. But also in Proverbs 28 verse 19, the Persian translation, where there is no clear prophetic vision. So in other words, it must not just be a vision and it must not just be written, but it must be written clearly. It must be clear. It must not bring confusion. It must be clear because if it brings confusion, you are going to be double-minded. And the Bible says, anyone who is double-minded receives nothing from God. But I did warn you, I'm going to do things over rough. So, So yes, you have a vision. Yes, you have written it down. But have you written it down clearly, Habakkuk says, so that it can be read in a glance. Because when you write something down, you gather your thoughts. Because you want to Write something that when you read it, at the later stage, it will have a meaning. It will talk to you. Have you ever written something and when you went back to it, you were like, what was I trying to say here? Because you wrote it, but it was not clear. So when you write, you've got to be in your senses and make sure that you choose. your Because when you are writing, you even have a choice to go to the dictionary check The word that you have used, if it is accurately capturing what is in your heart. And so that if it does not, you can change it until it can communicate what is burning in your heart. Does it make sense? So first, you have a vision. Second, you write it down. Third, you write it down clearly. Must be clear. So that not only when you read it, even the others when they read it, it's clear. There's no confusion about it. Amen. Tell your neighbor and say, clarify your vision. Tell them if you want to see the glory of God, clarify your vision. Awusula maspex. Ki pala ama contact lenses angazo washintshe oru ayawashwa ngazi noma ayawash. But clarify the vision. Adjust the lens so that you can see properly. Because makungalungela lento yombono ngempilo yakho. Kungalungisa izinto eziningi empilweni yakho. People are living chaotic lives these days not because God is confusing them or is causing chaos in their lives. It is because they lack vision. Now, when I say the vision must be clear, this is what I mean. Is it concise? Can it be learned? Number three, can it be explained? Number four, is it articulative? Can you articulate it? Number five, is it relevant? Now let's take it one at a time so that I can explain what do I mean by that. Number one, I said, is it concise? To be concise, it is to give a lot of information clearly and in a few words. When we are developing a vision, it is not about many words. But it must be about just coming up with a brief sentence, preferably less than 10 words, that can accurately capture what you are seeing. Or that can accurately express what you are seeing. Many times when you go to different departments and offices, you will walk in and you will see a vision statement. That is too long. That as you read it, you yourself, you are getting lost. Because somewhere it changes direction because this person has just overworded that vision to a point of misinterpreting or losing its essence. Because long vision statements often lose their essence and true meaning. And not only will it confuse those who are reading it, but it will also confuse the visionary himself or herself. So come up with a vision that is brief but comprehensive. Get to the point. Not uh, our vision is to emancipate the... uh, uh, previously disadvantaged individuals uh, or or uh, uh, within a uh, within the categories of washhova uh, krima it's like it's almost like while i am reading this thing it's almost like i'm making a research and you become more confused as to say what well, that's why even when you are reading it you are trying to follow what are these people trying to achieve and you are looking at the environment, it is not even explaining the vision to you. And if you were to phone anyone in that department and mention that vision without telling them that it is the vision, they themselves will say you have called the wrong department because they don't know what you're talking about because the vision is too complicated. It is too long. Let it be concise so that it can be easily read at a glance easily understood, easily interpreted. So for your own life, make sure that you are not going to confuse yourself. Come up with something that is going to speak to you instead of trying to impress anyone. Don't try and impress God. He knows everything. Don't try and impress people who are around you. Come up with something that is going to talk to you. Something that is going to invoke you to action. So that those who read it will run. That's what the Bible says. So the question is, is it concise? Hey, you probably asking yourself, why are you telling us all of this? You are going to see in just a moment. This is just going to help us greatly. Because I want us, as we enter 2024, we must enter 2024 with a clear vision, clear direction. So that at the end of the year, all of us can say, we have seen the glory of the Lord. We cannot see the glory of the Lord without vision. Vision is to see. The heavens were opened over me. That is what Ezekiel said. And I saw the visions of God. And he says, and the visions that he saw, they were the glory of God. So don't come up, if you are ever going to develop a vision for your life, for your family, for your calling, don't come up with something too completely, too long too long when we started as a church our vision was a dwelling place of God in the spirit a place where the father of glory and his glory dwells only I could understand that it was not concise too complicated too complex until God spoke to me to say clarify this thing You don't have to change its meaning, but clarify it so that it's easy, it's concise. That's why today we say, a house of his glory, a home for his... Can you imagine it means the same thing? The first one. You say we want to be deep. And sometimes the simplicity of the gospel, simplicity of the gospel will go a long way. And we even have an even much more simpler version of it. His house, our home. Simple. Simple. Amen. Amen. So as I'm talking like this, I'm charging us to go and develop visions for our lives. And I'm showing us how. Number two, can it be lent? Most importantly, is your vision teaching you something? Are you learning anything from your vision? Because any vision must teach you something. Let me put it this way. It must challenge you to go and learn something if you are serious about fulfilling it. Any vision that you pursue must not be about something that you have already mastered. It must be about because remember vision is an end product it is where you are going it is who and what you are becoming so it vision simply says you are not there yet but this is where we are going so vision must challenge me to say in order for it to be fulfilled what what is the knowledge that i need what are the skills that i need to learn what other Attributes must I develop in my life. So in other words, vision must send me to school. School of life, academic school. Sometimes your vision will dictate which course are you supposed to take as you are going to varsity. Because it is helping you to become relevant for your vision. So are you learning anything from this vision that you are... Look, if your vision is not challenging you to learn anything in order for you to grow, it is too small. Vision must not come and be about everything that you already know because the worst thing that is going to happen, you are going to be complacent. You are not going to improve on anything. You are just simply going to use what you have, where you are, not gain any knowledge, not develop yourself because you think you have arrived. Before you know it, other people, because of their visions, they're going to learn things, they're going to develop themselves, they're going to grow, and before you know it, they're going to be ahead of you. Not that we are competing with anyone, but your vision needs to dictate more diligence. It needs to challenge you to become more diligent. Wake up early, learn, do research, read, do things that are going to develop you, become a better person. Is it making sense, Mazelan? So are you learning anything? As you are developing your vision, are you learning anything? What book are you reading? And how is it helping you with regards to your vision? Number three, can it be explained? Can you explain your vision to someone else without getting confused? I made this example early. I said, look, when you have to tell me your vision and you have to over-explain at the introduction of your vision to a point that it sounds like you are trying to convince yourself about this very vision. Vision simply means I'm going to give you a statement at first, concise, less than 10 words, and tell you something that is going to entice you to want to know more. And when you begin to ask me questions concerning this vision that I've just told you, then I begin to unpack it. I begin to explain. This is what I mean. This is what uh, I am currently working on. Here are my goals. Here are my objectives because I want to achieve this. Because here is what I want to eventually do. Can you explain it? Without getting confused. Because anything that you cannot explain, you don't understand. (laughs) Can I say it one more time? Anything that you cannot explain, you don't understand. Why do we have discipleship classes? So that you can understand the gospel. After you understand the gospel, it will help you to become fruitful in explaining it to others. If a person comes to you and asks you, what do you mean when you say you are born again? If you can't explain that, it means you don't understand it. In all your getting, the Bible says, get understanding. Jesus said, when the gospel is preached, it falls on four different places. And the one that is going to produce fruit he said, these are the ones who hear the word and understand it. You can only become fruitful in your vision when you understand it. And if you cannot explain it, it means you don't understand it. No. Chief, it's not, it means it's not clear. It means it's not clear to you. It's almost like when you have got to consult your paper all the time in order for you to explain your vision. It is not yet written here. This thing, you must be able to sing it without looking at any piece of paper. Because I said, as you write it down, God writes it on your heart. So at some point, you just have got to flow with it. Say it. Because it has whacked you on the inside. Not something you just thought of last week. Then all of a sudden it is now your vision. Some of us is on in. That's why you meet somebody last week and you call them your best friend. Best. How? When? Do you even know their real name? Do you even know their date of birth? Do do you even know where they stay? Where they were born? Have you been to their family's house? Do you know his cousins? Best. (laughs) We are funny, oh? You, You met here at church? Three weeks ago, you are best friend. Simply because when we were praying, we said, hold hands with somebody. And you prayed with them. Where after you said amen, they are your best friend. Wow. Wow. <laughs> my God, my God. And when I say, can you explain it? I don't mean, can you say it? I don't mean, can you repeat the words that you've written word for word? I mean, can you elaborate? Can you unpack it? Can you then tell me further what God said when he was talking to, when you saw this vision? Does it make sense, for Let's move. Is it articulative? Are you fluent in your vision? Or is it a tongue twister? As we are trying to express it, you've even used words that you can you cannot pronounce. Let alone explain them. Tongue twister. Because you saw emancipate somewhere. You took emancip. No, sometimes find a synonym that you can better. Pronounce, So that you can be fluent in it. When you are talking about it, you have confidence. Because the words that you are using, you are aware of them. You know what they mean. You have practiced. You see, when I come to preach, for an example, if there's a in my sermon there's a word that I'm going to use for the first time. I go to dictionary.com. There's a speaker there at the corner. That I click. And then so that it can say it. So that I can hear, okay, this is how you pronounce. Because I don't want to embarrass myself here. So you are going, to, can you imagine, you are going to make a presentation concerning your business. And you copy it and paste These days there's even AI. That writes things for people. Then all of a sudden you have this beautiful thing on paper, but you are not uh, uh, able to fully express it. You are unable to just flow when we are talking to people about it. You are not fluent in it. Go through your vision. To, it helps you. I'm talking about a clear vision. Because once you are fluent in it, it means it's, it's becoming more clearer. You can, you can talk about it with confidence. Ah, you, you want a message? Take it. Receive it. Receive your breakthrough. Open doors. We'll deal with that after you have the vision. Amen? It must not be a tongue twister. A dwelling place of God in the Spirit, a place where the Father of glory and His glory. That was just too long, tongue twister. Sometimes we, hey, yeah, house of His glory, a home for His people. Simple. His house, our home. You don't have to have a degree in anything in order for you to say that. You don't have to be an intellectual for you to say it. I mean, Mount Shula, his home, his house, our home. I don't know how to help you. I don't know what else can we do. But that's simple, it accommodates everybody. At least it must accommodate you. We're not why? And number five, is it Relevant. Is it relevant? Because some of us, we can come up with a vision that has got nothing to do with you and what God has called you for. You come up with a beautiful thing because you copied it from some, somewhere else, but it has got nothing to do with you, the kind of a person that you are, what God has called you for, where you are going. But it's a beautiful vision, your It's a beautiful vision, your, honor. It's a beautiful vision, your honor, But it's not saying anything to you or about you at least. Even God himself, when he reads that vision, he's wondering, who is it for? Because your vision requires the version of you that God has created and made. I was telling them, these days, there's the most dangerous statement that Abba Zalane are saying these days. And it is scaring the hell out of me. When people start talking about uh, this year, I'm going to choose me. It's it's only going to be about me. I get scared. Why? Because I am wondering if do you really know who you are? As As you are choosing you, my question is, who are you? Who are you? Are you choosing the you who is making you complacent? Are you choosing the you who is at at, 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 at ease with carnality and all of that. All, that? all that I see, Mina, when people start saying that, indirectly they're trying to say, I am about to do something. That is going to be unchristian. So I am preparing you in advance so that you don't judge me when I do it. That's just a simple way of warning us that I'm about to go crazy. Because the first question we need to answer is who are you? We are going to be talking about it in in about two weeks time. Before you choose you, know you according to God's image and likeness. Not the you that you have chosen because you are tired of pursuing the you who is in Christ. They you that God is showing you that this is who, because all of us, all of us, we are striving towards becoming who God is revealing to us. No shortcuts because it's easier. This one is easier. So I will choose this Jacob. Because there's a Jacob who was a TJ, who was drinking, who was smoking. Who was doing all sorts of things i can choose that one it was still jacob but for now i have left that jacob and i have not yet fully arrived to the jacob that god is turning me into that's why the bible says jacob i have created but israel i have made i am being made each and every day to become the jacob that god is turning into becoming an in israel And there are no shortcuts about it. So the vision must not be relevant to that Jacob that I have left. It must be relevant to the Jacob that I am becoming. That God is making. That God is transforming. That God is busy working on each and every day. Remember, God said, as we are glorifying him, he regards us as the work of his hands. We can never glorify God unless we go through his hands unless he shapes us, unless he squeezes us, unless he turns us into something that we are not comfortable with. That person that when you change, you cry at night. You wonder, God, what do you want from me? Why am I feeling like this? Why do I have to be frustrated like this? Why do I have to be the one that you are picking against? Look at them, all of them. They are doing what they want to do, and they are getting away with it. Why me? Why me? Listen, you are the works of God. You are God's project. I know today it is not comfortable. I know today it is driving you crazy. I know today it is making you cry. But God is turning you into a person who is going to carry his glory. Who is going to display his glory. And if you are going to display the glory of God there's a death you are going to die every day. The old man must die. The old man must be crucified. The one who enjoyed the world. The one who enjoyed sin must be crucified daily for that matter and yes you will cry that's why earlier when i was talking about the practical steps i said maybe they are easy to follow but they are not so easy to apply Because they will work on you. Because sometimes you will feel like this God is asking too much from you. You will feel like this God is unfair. You will feel like this God is just causing you pain. If you don't believe me, ask the children of Israel who turned to Moses and said, I am talking about the God of transformation. I am talking about the God who is taking you to the glorious destiny. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be nice. It's not going to be easy. It's not. Stop fooling us. Because at that point, you are not talking to us, You are talking to you. There's that battle within you. And that is what you are trying to address. Choose the one that God is making. You see, Bazelon, It's not going to be comfortable. When God is at work in your life as much as it is for a good end product. Oh, but it is going to squeeze every devil out of you. It is going to squeeze every flesh out of you. It is going to just work on you. And you you are even not going to know if you truly know yourself because yes, God wants you to divorce the one you know, the one you knew, the one you lived with for the past 20 something years if you don't believe, if, if you don't know ask me, I know it, I went through that phase, I went through that period where everything was good I was in the presence of God I was in the middle of a revival but this process was not easy I was tired, I wanted to go back home, because it felt like God is asking too much from me it felt like God is demanding from me what i cannot produce i felt like i'm losing myself and yes i was losing myself because god was killing the old man god was burying the old man i was losing myself and god wanted me to lose myself god wanted me to lose myself and if I did not lose myself there, I was not going to be who I am today. I was not going to be where I am today. I was not going to be doing what I because the old person was not going to be able to produce at the level at which I am producing at this stage. So God is working on you. God is shaping you. God is pulling out of you. The glory that he he has always locked on the inside of you. That your flesh has been covering up. Jacob I have created. But Israel I have made. That word make there means to be squeezed into shape. So that when you see the vision. It's not going to be relevant you are not god is not giving you a vision that is going to talk to that person you used to be you are no longer that person you are not that person that person was crucified on the cross with christ god is not here to resurrect that person that God is here to resurrect the one that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that is the kind of a person where the Bible says he who is in Christ is a new creature. It's just that to become that new creature, it is going to take a process. It is going to take you frustra- take frustrations out of you. And sometimes you just have got to yield. The question is, is your vision relevant? not to your carnal self not to your carnal self but to the one that God is busy making the prodigal son took his inheritance left his father's house the prodigal son to be prodigal, it is to be wasteful. Yeah. To wasteful. Yeah. That took his inheritance, went and squandered it, wasted it. The Bible says, when he realized, <laughs> at that point, he was choosing me. I'm going to go to but when he came back to his senses he realized this is not me this is not me look at me I'm eating with the pigs listen to the words when he goes back to his father I am not worthy to be called your son Make me to be like one of your servants. Make me. In other words, take me through a process that is going to humble me so that at this point, even though I'm your son, I am benefiting lesser than your servants. They are living the best life while me as your son, I'm living the worst life make me take me through the process I did not want take me through the process I ran away from because when I saw the servants running around you I did not understand that it is not about the work that they were doing it was about the process of being made it was about the process of being made It was about the process of being made. I wrote something. I think a day or two. I said, the world has tried to put it well. And they say in the world, when you want to be great, don't take the lift. Take the steps. Take the stairs. And I say, as long as those steps you are taking, are not going up but they are going down because in the kingdom of God your way up is your, is through your way down you cannot help God with promotion promotion does not come from any man including you it comes from God humble yourself the Bible says by the side of the Lord and he, and only he, will lift you up. But let us get back to our place. Let us go back to our God, to our Father. And allow him to make us. This vision must not find you in a version of who you are not in Christ. This vision, for you to have the accurate vision, the correct vision, the vision that is going to help you to see the glory of God. Are you tall? you will die trying to prove a point to people two weeks from now we'll talk about it who do you see who do you see because this time we are trying to compete with God God is trying to form a new creature We are trying to reform the old creature. God is trying to crucify the old man. We are trying to resurrect the old man. Let me close. Let's stand on our feet. I'm not going to get into details. If you want details, please do the right thing and listen to the Pinoni podcast. When you develop a vision, start with your personal vision. Come up with a one-line brief that talks to the kind of a life you want to live. As a believer, as a friend, as a man, or as a woman, what kind of a person do you want to be? Like I said, I'm not going to get into details. Number two, Then develop from there a family vision. A family vision. What kind of a family do you want to raise? What kind of a mother do you want to be? What kind of a father do you want to be? What kind of a child in that family do you want to be? Even before you get to your own family, if you are still a child in a family, start by saying in line, with who God says I am, what kind of a child do I want to be in this family? I'm That's why we're failing to win them to Christ because we don't have a vision of living a Christian life in an unchristian home. How do you shine the light of Christ? That, like I always say, Masebati. Humble your cut. Can you follow me? Now, umsahluan u pad o o o o o o. Go phone, go phone. Nilela. I na na boprad. Aboputina baba's busa yelaika. Good maro na abas figa bashama fled la England. They don't look like they are from church. Mar ma jama society humble your so so utumzaluan. O Tumzalan, what in yellow Tele Larayo Langley? That's why I was a Sendabe. Govatumzalan, never Look at what you are becoming. No, no, sick lofunda. Yeah. Number three, your vocational call, your vo- vocational vision. That is when it comes to your calling, your career, your business, your ministry that God has called you for. Now, I'm going to give you a task. I'm going to show you the next slide. Hopefully, it is going to be visible from the screen. Take a picture of it. Let's go and work on that. Make it that task. As you enter into the presence of God, ask God to talk to you around all of those areas. Listen, where there is no vision, people perish. Your vision for your life, for your family, it will determine who do you allow within your space. What kind of friends are you going to make? Because vision does not allow for me to be hanging out with so-and-so. I don't hate you. We'll talk, we'll, we'll do work together maybe, but I cannot sit down, have coffee with you, and engage at the level of life and vision. And because after my two hours with you, I feel like I've taken 10 steps away from God. I feel like I've taken 10 steps away from the plan and the purpose that God has for my life. Here's what I want us to take. Start with a personal vision. What kind of life? do you see yourself live now that you are a Christian? That's why I said, as a believer, what kind of a believer do you want to be? What kind of a woman or a man do you want to be? Even as a friend. So in other words, what kind of a life do you see yourself live as a believer, as a man or a woman? Find one or two words that will describe the kind of man that you want to be. For an example, I want to be a godly man. Right? I even made an example that what you have already mastered don't make it your vision. Does it make sense? If, if you say when it comes to family what kind of a husband do you want to be? If you say I, I want to be a loving husband and already you are romantic, you are loving it's not going to challenge you anyway because it's easy for you how about you go for, I want to be a faithful man? Because maybe that's out of your comfort zone. You have to work harder on that one to restrain yourself. Because the way that you are so loving and, 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 and so romantic, you are so kind, you are so loving. So all of these women are throwing at themselves at you. So now my vision is that as much as I am loving, I have got to remain faithful. Go for that which must teach you something. Not what you already know. Like me, in my calling, I can't say my vision now is to become a good preacher. (laughs) That just didn't come out right. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, forgive me. Because I can preach. It's not that I'm saying I'm the greatest. But you wake me up at 3 a.m. and say preach. I will do it with my eyes closed and go back to sleep. But how about I go for, I want to be a leader with integrity. That requires some work because daily my integrity is tested. Daily. Daily. So what's your family vision? What kind of family do you see yourself become? or race as a husband as a wife as a father as a mother as a child even in your calling what kind of a calling or destiny do you see yourself pursue and fulfill as a mention your profession say you know as a pastor i want to be this kind of a pastor but start with a statement there on top it's funny how god challenged me with this last year already I did have a personal vision and God said let's revisit it let's let's work on it let's expand it and whatever and it's funny how last year when I was working on it and God challenged me to say put a statement concerning the kind of life you want to live in me and let me tell you the honest truth I wrote it down wrote a scripture I said I want to live a life that glorifies God I wrote it down I forgot about it. I so said, I want to live a life that glorifies God. I even put that scripture, Isaiah uh, 40, is it 40 or 43? I put that scripture, created for glory, and all of that. And this year, when I was working on this message, God said, go, Let's go back to what you wrote last year. And on top of it, the first line was, I want to live a life that glorifies God. I was like, wow. And, and, and I wrote down many things. I want to become a righteous. I'll not tell you all. Oh, I want to become a righteous and a rich man. And when I say rich, not in monetary terms only, but rich in faith, rich in prayer, rich in, I just said, I want richness in me. Substance. I want to become a committed believer. That's what I want to be, Lord. I want to be a committed follower of Jesus Christ. That's what I want to be. To be dedicated in what I do. That's what I want. I wrote all of these things down. Wrote all of these things down. As a father, I want to be kind to my children. That's what I want to be. And all of these things, it does not mean I am perfect in them, but these are the things that I daily need to work on. Daily need to work on daily need to work on, daily daily, daily so I'm challenging us, let's go and work on that, have it, let it be something that you are going to be working on this year and focus on and say God if I can be what I see on this piece of paper I would have arrived and let it be permanent, put it on the wall let it be something that you are going to look at each and every day and say, here's who I am. Here is what God is busy doing, and and here's what I can expect in my life. Are we going to do that? I know maybe we want a message that says, breakthrough is coming. Listen, breakthrough is coming. But let breakthrough find you with a clear vision. Because there's nothing that is as sad as A breakthrough that arrives and it finds you without a vision. I said earlier in Pinoni, there's nothing as sad as money that will come and you don't have a vision. Because the only way you can keep money in your life, it is through a clear vision. Vision will hold money not to escape you. Here's what I mean. If I receive a million rands, and I made an example, Masanabo in, in, in Pinon, I said, if I receive a million rands, Masanabo receives a million rands. I don't have vision. Masanabo has a vision; he owns a, a production company and whatever the case may be. And I wake up one day, I'm like, hey, I have a million. Hey, let me think. You know, Masanabo goes buy cameras, because that's a, that has been his prayer: buy cameras, buy. Buys a parky, you know, puts equipment to edit videos and whatever the case may be. He spends that money on vision. I pay right? Me now while I'm thinking, I'm buying a new pair of shoes. I'm saying again pumengham spoil spoiler ny New York, nya buyang it a signature uh, restaurant or level seven or whatever other. By the time he pay, soy two it li pay lily million. But lagamasana like boligu vision. And all that Umasa has to do is to now take this. That when he says, I can produce a film, he has resources to do it. Vision will help him regain the million he has spent it on and more. My million is gone, never to return. I can be on, I blew it. So when money finds you with a vision for your family, taking your family on vacation does not become waste. It's investment. It left them with the memory of having a good time with their father, with their mother. And that memory will remain with them forever. But when there's no vision, I see it as waste. Ugiyosala na be restaurant. Smushelani malis ngapega. Marmus mau teni pega o ni ne skipa ne katun bonga That's why I don't respect parents that when you have money, the first person you are thinking about is you. When you have money, the first, you, you, listen, as soon as you have a family, wife, children, it's too late to think about yourself. It's too late to prioritize you. It's too late. The Bible says even your body is no longer your own. I don't want to lose me. Listen, when you said I do, you lost you. You gave you away. That's why I give my hand in marriage. Gone Gone are you? Gone are you? Gone are you? Gone are you? Vision will determine the kind of a person you're going to bring in your world. Father, we thank you. Open our eyes. Give us clear vision give us sight. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.